Have we seen the very best of Michelle Wee? Will she ever get back and achieve the potential that everybody believed she possessed? Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, Aaron Stewart, Data Access Golf. Thanks for joining me today uh, on the podcast. appreciate it very much. As many of you know, Michelle Wee has decided to take the rest of the year off, uh, which obviously makes a lot of sense with her injuries and she has been injury plagued for sure. Um, and the, and these, the wrist injuries and everything else are not new, but it, it leads one and some of her comments recently make you kind of wonder if she's ever coming back. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Michelle. Wee, honestly, she, um, a number of years ago, she was working for some charity, and I don't really remember what it was, but I saw in her Twitter feed that she was auctioning off a bunch of stuff for this charity, and my daughter was just getting into golf at the time, and so I thought, hey, you know, this would be pretty cool, and so I went and looked and bid on some tickets to one of the LPGA tournaments there in Palm Springs, and that was the easiest one for us to kind of get to from here in Utah, so I, I went ahead and and uh, donated or bid or whatever it was and actually won the tickets and then um, received, you know, some information on it and stuff like that. Well, I went on to Twitter, onto her Twitter uh, feed there, and I just hit her a quick little message and said, hey, thanks, just got the tickets to the thing, you know, to your charitable thing, seems really cool, you know, look forward to seeing you or whatever. And, and part of it was, you know, get to meet her and and something or then and then tickets to the tournament. So I just kind of set that off really quickly. Wasn't really expecting a whole lot, but she uh, she got back to me and we actually had a nice little Twitter conversation. And um, she just turned out to be a really genuine, kind uh, person. Was really excited about the charity, what she was working on, and getting all that done. And that turned out to be a really a really cool thing for us. So she's always been you know a very popular person in our home especially with golf, and always have wanted to see her do well, right? So under that guise, I've been always somewhat curious to the fact that she had so much promise when she was young, and then what's happened to it? I mean, we really got to know Michelle Wee back in 2003. She was 13 years old and was already quite famous, frankly. She was the youngest player to qualify for a USGA adult championship at the age of 10 back in 2000. I mean, so she she had already been three years of kind of shaking things up in 2003 when we started to really hear about her. Uh, she was the youngest winner of a United States event, of a, of a USGA event at the a, at, in its 108-year history when she won the U.S. Amateur Public Links, which is amazing, right? She... Uh, Geez, she played into the final group at the Nabisco Championship in 2003 at the age of 13. So, I mean, in contention for a major on the LPGA Tour. She was the youngest player to ever make the cut at an LPGA Tour event. 
And uh, back at here, at, and, and I was looking in for a, f- a few articles and stuff as I was looking into this, they said that she, at, er- at age 13, was hitting her driver on average 280 yards, and that if she really jumped on one, she could put it out there 320 at age 13, and this is in Hawaii at sea level. So it's just astounding um, what her talent level was. And they talked about how wonderful her swing was. I mean, if you read through it, it's really quite a... You you just can't believe that she hasn't been more successful than this. And it's been, as somebody who uh, now is very interested in the the golf swing and and trying to get back to your natural movement and all that, and then she obviously had tapped into what her natural movement was and was moving it really, really well. And at that time, I think from the age of 12 to 14, um, she was coached um, by Gary Gilchrist, who's a South African who's had the Jacanicards and uh, Lydia Ko, Paula Creamer have all been uh, in his stable at one time or another. And I don't know who's there now. I think I saw that. uh, Yeah, I wasn't. I think that there's been a few that have left recently. Um, oh, Shen Chen Feng, I think, is also one of her, one of his, right? But anyway, he he was coaching Michelle Wee at this particular time, and she had a really natural, wonderful swing. And I think that he actually worked for, um, he actually worked, man, for Ledbetter at the time, right? So, anyway, so technically she was in Ledbetter's school, but she her coach, her direct coach, was Gilchrist. Some of the other things that I, as I was looking around, kind of kicking around, um, and trying to figure out where her mind is, trying to figure out, is she disappointed or is she okay with everything? She's engaged, obviously, to somebody who's pretty, probably pretty well off. She herself is pretty well off. Uh, so what's left? And I think we asked some of the same questions for Tiger Woods when it looked like his health was going to prevent him, um, you know, why would he come back? He's got 14 majors. He seems, uh, you know, to be really happy as a dad and things have calmed down. Why would you come back and try to do something? Well, he has obviously a bit of a drive and he had a, a goal back then to beat Jack's record. And that goal obviously is still in place. But so what are Michelle Wee's goals? What is she trying to accomplish? Anyway, so I just kind of dug in and started reading a bunch of stuff out of curiosity, but also because I, I like her as a player and and she was very nice to me and our family and I don't know, just curiosity really. And I found some really cool stuff. Um, I, I love this little quote of hers uh, she had here. She she said this quote: "I guess if you grow up normal, you will always be normal. And I don't want to be normal. I want to be something else." That's not necessarily a goal. It just says that she doesn't want to be normal. And I think that you can check the box there. If that's a goal for her, if that's what she wanted out of her life, then bang, she killed that one. She's definitely not normal. Whatever normal is, that's not Michelle Wee. And then there's some cool quotes from some other really amazing players at that time about about her. And again, this is 2003. You've got um, Annika Sorenstan, who literally said that she thought that this that she could be the Tiger Woods of the LPGA Tour. And Annika Sorenstam at that time was the Tiger Woods of the LPGA Tour. But she thought that Michelle Wee could do it, had seen her play. And, um, and she said that she couldn't even relate 
to the way that she hit this golf ball. Uh, Christina Kim, who at the time was also doing quite well and, ha- and actually has become a, a good friend of Michelle Wee over the years, said that her, quote, her ball striking is, her ball striking is unfathomable, which is cool. That's a cool statement. Um, then there's this one from, from Chris, um, from Christy Kerr, which I thought was pretty interesting. Just being, and Christy Kerr may have, ne- Christy Kerr may be nailing this one on the head, perhaps. But she said the following quote, I'm in awe of someone like Michelle Wee because of how good she is at a young age. But I feel a little sad for her in many ways. I just hope that she's not doing what she's doing right now because I, I see. I just hope that she's doing what she's doing right now because she wants to. I hope she doesn't get to a time in her life like tennis star Jennifer Capriotti, who famously had a bunch of early success and then kind of just self-destructed. Um, and then uh, Kerr went on to say, when she doesn't want to do it anymore, because that would be a shame. Um, so is it a situation where Michelle Wee just doesn't want to do it anymore, where there's other things that are more interesting to her? I, I can definitely speak as one who has suffered through a wrist injury that basically took golf away for 18 months or so, and now dealing with uh, an Achilles injury, that um, playing golf hurt is not worth it. It's no fun. As much as I love golf, as much as I love being on the golf course, as much as I love putting and all of that, practicing all of it, doing it hurt, hurts. And it's just not worth it. That takes the fun right out of golf. So that makes sense to me. She's had a lot of injuries, struggled at the Open, um, at the U.S. Open, uh, shot an 84. She said she was in pain. That's no fun. I can see giving up the game if you just hurt too much. A lot of people have had to. Uh, one of those who's pretty famous is this uh, Fred Couples, who said of we at when she was age 13, when you see her hit a golf ball, there's nothing that prepares you for it. It's just the scariest thing you've ever seen. So that's, that's quite nice coming from Boom Boom Couples. That she had, uh, that she could move it, that she could hit it really hard. And we're talking 280 yard drives and 320 yards if she needs to at age 13. Uh, crazy. Uh, her coach at the time, Gilchrist, said the following You could say shock and awe. It was just so natural and easy. It reminded me of the way Ernie Els played when I grew up with him. The ease and the grace. People like that, they're not trying to be good, they just are. So, again, probably discussing, to the natural ability of Michelle Wee. I think that there's no question early in her career when she was very young, and this is the cool thing about playing golf when you're young, is you get to develop and feel what's natural to you, and you don't get in your own way and start going with swing thoughts and a bunch of different stuff. So she was a very natural player, and that natural motion could move it way back in 2003, with 2003 technology, she's 13 years old, and she's playing in Hawaii. But that's what she's averaging. Couple other, uh, here's another quote from uh, Davis Love III. I just played with a girl who has the best swing I've ever seen. Again, at age 13. So amazing. 
Uh, Tom Lehman was so impressed that he nicknamed her, sometimes we hear this, the Big Wheezy. Uh, sort of playing, not sort of, definitely playing off Ernie L's nickname as the Big Easy, which has always been one of the coolest nicknames in golf, for sure. Um, and then a quote from, from Michelle we hear that, that might give us some insight into her uh, mental state, especially, at, this is at 13. Michelle's, uh, Michelle said that she wanted to go to Stanford at 13. She did go to Stanford. She graduated from Stanford in communication. So that was definitely a goal of hers. That was on the horizon, and she got that done. And then she says the following, and turn pro, quote, when I'm ready. Is that telling us anything? Perhaps. And then she said uh, a little bit later in that same quote, I totally prefer practicing, I mean, sorry, I totally prefer playing to practicing. I think a lot of us um, probably feel that way. I think most golfers feel that way. I, I actually prefer to, I don't know. Sometimes I prefer to practice. Sometimes I prefer, prefer to play. It just kind of depends if you're working on something or if you just want to take it to the golf course and get it all out there. <clears throat> but then she went on to say this. So she goes, I totally prefer playing to practicing and then giggled and said, I prefer watching TV to practicing. Okay, so she was very, very good, but didn't like practicing back then at age 13. You think that's changed? I don't know. I don't know. All right, then moving on, uh, it says here, I, I thought this was cool. I kind of pulled this out to look at. Um, after this whole interview that they've been doing in 2003, she went out to play with the, um, with the LPG players, and on the number one tee, she hits a four-wood, 250 yards, blowing by all her playing comp companions who have hit driver and walks off just like, there you go. So she could move it. She had a very natural swing, a very fluid swing. They say her tempo was wonderful. We've got uh, Davis Love and Freddie Couples saying it's the best golf swing they've ever seen or you can't prepare to hear, you know, how she hits the ball, that it's scary. Um, you've got Annika Sorenstam and Christa, Christina Kim at the time saying she's amazing. She's set all these kinds of records. She is inarguably the most talented woman golfer ever to come along at age 13. And now she's taken the rest of the year off and we don't know if we're going to see her again. So what happened? Uh, one, I, I start to wonder as you read through some of her comments there, if she really had this this dream of being a big, wonderful LPGA star. She never talks about having some kind of a goal, something set up in a room like Tiger Woods did to beat Jack Nicholas's major. She really, there's nothing here anywhere that you can find on the internet that talks about that. She talks about turning pro when she feels like she's ready. She also talks about her big goal being to play at the Masters. And to do that, she would have to win an amateur tournament. And so she seemed to be pretty interested in trying to win amateur tournaments. Trying to get in and playing in boys' amateur tournaments. Trying to get in and play the Masters. That was a dream of hers. She did try to accomplish that. It was a dream to go to Stanford. She did accomplish that. I don't know if... Yeah, I don't... I don't know. So, and... Uh, in 2006, 
it says this about her financial situation. So 2006, that makes her 17. It says here that by, um, by the end of 2006, we had already earned around $20 million in her rookie professional season. Okay, including endorsements, but still 20 million bucks. Then she hauls off and signs some deal with, we know for, for sure it was Nike, and then she, she signed some other deal with, I don't know, it was a watch deal or Rolex or something. So they said that she was making $10, $10 million a year in endorsements at some point. Um, it says here, though, that she earned $20 million her first year in professional golf. So maybe she had some other endorsements or whatever. So she's got 20 there. We know she's making at least 10 and she had some good years. Um, and then she started to have some problems. So now does she have so much money and she doesn't like to practice that she just stops kind of doing it? Perhaps. And tw- in 2008, Gary Gilchrist, who was her previous coach, said that her temple and rhythm seemed way off to him. And, um, and that she was trying to go after distance. Like she wanted more distance. And that doesn't make any sense when you talk about her knocking a driver out there 280 yards at sea level at 13. Why would you need any more distance than that? And yet there she was chasing distance. Or at least that's what the, her old coach said she was doing. Um, and this, this whole concept or idea of chasing distance and doing something unnaturally, then we start seeing her first uh, injuries there Um, in 2008. She starts having wrist problems. And here we are 11 years later, still dealing with wrist problems. She came back from those wrist issues too early and tried to play and ended ended up injuring herself again. So again, there's those injuries and wrists are the worst in my opinion. I can play this uh, Achilles, this sort of blown up Achilles. It hurts to play off and push off it, but nothing hurts like a wrist. Playing golf at impact, a messed up wrist is just the worst. Um, So I definitely think uh, injury has something to do with it. Um, In 2009, we had her first victory as a professional golfer. 2009, the, the Lorena Ochoa Open who overachieved, I think we can all say, Lorena did, and then left so quickly, which is amazing. In 2014, Michelle, we got her fourth win, and that was her first major, her only major, the 2014 U.S. Women's Open, which was a really cool thing to watch, but her swing seemed so unnatural. I don't know if you remember, it was this short little punchy, Something or other she was doing. I think she was doing that tabletop weird putting stuff. Uh, she just kind of did some weird stuff. And this Gary Gildchrist was talking about how she was running around looking for different little things that she'd gone after power and lost her natural tempo. And, and so now ball striking was all that was important to her. And when the ball striking went south, she would just completely lose it because she didn't have the ability to uh, self-coach which is a whole nother really good lesson here. Not having the ability to self-coach can be unbelievably, believably frustrating. And I obviously think that she was very frustrated. Um, and then from 2014, kind of back and forth, sort of quiet. She didn't win again until 2018, the HSBC Women's World Golf, World Golf Championship. And that's kind of her career. 
Now she's been injured. She tried to come back, got injured again. She's now engaged. Um, don't know what's going to happen with her. I really don't. But injuries suck. I can see injuries taking somebody out for good. I get it. Um, having enough money and not really enjoying practice. Well, I can see how that would affect you. Like, why should I go out and practice? I don't enjoy it anyway. And frankly, I'm comfortable. I get that sort of being part of it. She's always one that seems to enjoy her um, personal time. She likes to have fun. And uh, if golf, practicing golf isn't fun and she's not playing well at golf, she's not doing well on the golf course, then that's not very fun. There's a lot of other things she could do that would be more fun if you're unprepared playing golf. Nobody enjoys that, right? Um, tired of a whole lot of things. Uh, the one thing I've, I found one thing pretty disturbing. If you look up her net worth, it says that she's worth $12 million now. And I don't know what kind of financial person she has, but if she had $20 million at age 17, and she is now 29, 12 years later, and she was making $10 million a year in endorsements at least, how is she only worth $12 bucks? Where the heck did all the money go? Parents living high on the hog, uh, agents uh, just living, I, right? I mean, that's got to be, I, you know, you would think it'd be closer to 70, 80, 90, 100 million and then throw in interest over the course of those 10 years. How's it 12? That doesn't make any sense. Some really bad money management going on if that is the case, um, for sure. Really weird. So I, I guess the question is just sort of open-ended. We'll never, we, we won't really know what happens and if she comes back. It's definitely a situation where the talent level was there. She was tapped into her natural ability, um, started chasing some three swing thoughts and techniques and strategies. And we've talked about that a million times, how doing that is horrible for your game. You've got to stick to what you naturally do if you really want to be good long-term consistently. You start chasing tips and and tricks and all this stuff, and you are going to be lost so quickly. And you will build so many bad habits that when you finally decide to take some piece of technology or something and fix your golf swing, you're going to have a lot of freaking work to do. I did. When I finally found a piece of technology, the swing bite that started giving me all the information I needed to get my plane, my swing back on plane, it was a disaster. It was terrifying how awful my golf swing had, had become because I was chasing a bunch of fake feels and techniques and golf digest articles of a bunch of things that you shouldn't, shouldn't do that just were inaccurate and not compatible with the way my body moves. And so I definitely worry with all these injuries and everything with Michelle Wee, that if she doesn't tap into her natural swing, that 13-year-old girl swing, and get back to that, then I don't see her playing uh, good golf or playing golf for a long time or staying uninjured. I mean, she will get injured again. If you're not playing with your natural stuff, you will get injured. We're not made to move every which way without getting injured. Um, so it's interesting. It's interesting. It's definitely something that I... I feel for her. I, I don't know necessarily, again, that exchange and stuff, but it just seems uh, it just seems like sort of a talent, a lot of talent left on the table 
that she may never really realize. Um, but it could very well be that she doesn't really care. And if she doesn't really care, then good on her. Just, just think she wants to be happy, then that's great. Being happy is by far more important than anything else, which is exactly why I prob, I would never allow my kids to choose pursuing a professional career in any sport. I think I would talk them out of it. It just doesn't seem the way to go in my mind to find long-term uh, real joy and happiness in life. And I think you see situations like this and realize that, you know, you're probably right. Um, Michelle's finding happiness and it's not because of golf. Maybe it was a vehicle to give her some financial security, but the happiness in her life definitely seems to come from someplace else. And I think that's just totally fine. But if she doesn't ever come back and doesn't ever kind of live up to the potential that she obviously showed when she was 13, then uh, that will be too bad. Um, unless she's happier not doing any of that, then we should be very satisfied and happy with her and what she's done for golf. So kind of a weird show, obviously, not one that we typically do going on and doing a, um, a biography. But excited for the uh, 3M tournament coming up. Obviously a new one in the Twin Cities area. And it looks like it's going to be pretty exciting. We've got a lot of good folks uh, showing up to play. Uh, Brooks Kepka, number one in you know, number one in the world, and number two in the FedEx Cup is up and in there, ready to go. Uh, some of the, I thought some of the the groups were pretty interesting. <sighs> well, I, I really thought it's amazing that 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 uh, Nate Lashley is in one of the featured groups. I think that's just super cool. He wins last week and now he's in one of these, you know, four super groups, these four um, uh, groups that will play tomorrow. How cool for him. How very exciting. And that just kind of goes to show you that we we are very interested in this kid. We do see that the struggle that he went through and how he overcame is amazing. And so much so that he is now in one of the featured groups, which is super, super cool. Um, anyway, looking forward to that turnout tomorrow. Looking forward to the fourth. Enjoy the holiday long weekend. Enjoy it very much. Until next time, this is Aaron Stewart saying better data always means better golf. And thank you for geeking out on golf with me today and geeking out on Michelle Wee today. Till next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.